hey, cool job. Hey guys, this is Mary H.K. Choi with a brand new podcast called Hey Cool Jobs. I figured that 2015 was a perfect time to start a new podcast because there aren't enough at all. And our inaugural guest for the first edition of this particular podcast is Kat Manyalik, who is trapped in my house because she's staying with us. And so I have conscripted her into being our first guest. Hello. Hi, Mary. So she's a person with a very, very cool job. And plus, I'm stoked that my first guest is a woman with a cool job, a woman of color with a cool job. So Kat, tell us what you do. So I am a partner at Y Combinator. So we invest in seed stage startups. Um, we, you know, some that you might have heard of are Reddit, Dropbox, Airbnb, um, and we are based in Mountain View, which is uh, in the Bay Area. Okay, so Mountain View, is that basically like synonymous with Silicon Valley? Yes, it's, you know, uh, Mountain View, you know, Sunnyvale, Menlo Park, all those areas, that's all where Google, Facebook, everyone lives. It sounds like it would be like crawling with vampires, like all of these names of these particular neighborhoods. Okay, so what does Y Combinator actually do? So we give $120,000 for 7% of a company. Um, we, you know, usually get about this last batch, we just had about over 5,000 applications come in. We read all those applications, we interview the top maybe 400 teams, and then we choose uh, who from that group of 400 that we want to give money to. So we fund the teams, then they all move to Mountain View for three months and work with us really closely. Um, and it, it all leads up to Demo Day, which is, you know, a um, big event where there are maybe 450 investors in media and um, our startups can talk about what they've been building for the past three months. That's the thing that like Ashton Kutcher goes to, right? Yes. And who else actually will go to like one of those demo days? Oh, our, you know, the, you know, Ron Conway's always there. He's who like the Ron godfather okay. of angel investing. Uh, I met uh, Lincoln Park was there. Okay. A lot of Hollywood types are getting into investing the these solid days. solid type. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and then, you know, angel investors uh, from and VCs from around the world. I mean, I've been meeting a lot of, you know, Chinese investors these days who are they're interested. Gonna, they're going to be our overlords in like 10 years. Yes. They're going to win so hard. Definitely. So when you talk about a batch, like how many of those 400 people that you, or 400 companies that you interview actually make it to YC? This last batch, we had 114 companies. Jesus, that's a lot of people. It's a lot. It's about 300. Where do they live? They come from all over, so... Uh, but when they're staying with you, is oh, it like a campus? No, um, we actually don't have any office space. Okay. They only come... Practical. Only, <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, they, we come together for Tuesday night dinners, okay. and that's the only time everyone is together. Um, otherwise, we tell them to live and work in their own apartments, so they can start kind of developing their culture early on. Okay, so when you're accepted and you're like, woohoo, I'm NYC, then for three months you're you're building your business wherever you are. Is that correct? So uh, you move into, you know, an apartment in Mountain View. In Mountain View. Okay. That's um, what I was getting yeah. at. Yeah, and then okay. you start but it's not like a campus or anything. They're just like all over Mountain View and doing yes. their own thing. Got it. Um, and they, you know, and some people live in San Francisco, but the vast majority of the companies... Because they're rich already. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they've moved to Mountain View, and um, some of the companies have already launched, so we always say the only two things you should be doing during YC are talking to users and coding. Okay. So building and talking to users. Right. Um, so it's like so, Eye of the Tiger, and they're just like yes, going, going, going. Yes. Okay. Is there like, is there like a thing, you know how like... Um, when the Olympics were on, everyone in the village was like all fucking each other and it was like all this drama. Is there like drama that unfolds because like all of these companies have descended upon Mountain View for this three month time that I'm sure is like super intense? It is a really intense time and um, we always, uh, a lot of the partners come from the first couple batches of oh, YC okay. and um, you know, we always tell the batch when it starts that some of these people are going to be your best friends, you're going to be in, in each other's weddings because it's such, it's like a boot camp. But it's not like, I didn't come here to not, to make friends and it's oh, no, not, not at all. Okay. Um, we had one uh, guy who was a military vet in this last batch, and he wow. said that the two like defining experiences of his life were boot camp and YC. And he said there were a lot of similarities. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I was like, wow. <laughs> I, I was... love that the marketplace is war. <laughs> um, okay, so do you like it? I love it. I think, you know, it's, it's a really uh, unusual job. Um, I... I 
interface. I, I talk to <laughs> hundreds of people every week that are working on interesting things. And at, at YC, we're broken up into four groups, kind of like the Harry Potter houses. Right, right, right. So I'm in a group with Justin Kahn. Uh, What's like your group's equivalent? Like, I mean, are you Gryffindor? We're obviously Gryffindor. <laughs> Is everyone Gryffindor? If I were everyone to ask them? wants to be Gryffindor. Okay, but, but who's Slytherin? We truly are. Oh. <laughs> Um, I love that you're not going to answer. That. I know. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so yeah, you're divided. So yeah, into so these we're houses. divided into four houses, into four groups. And uh, Justin Kahn, who's the founder of Twitch and Justin TV, um, and Gary Tan, who is was the founder of Posterous, are my two kind of group partners, and we work really, really closely with thirty companies. Okay. And then I work um, kind of across all of YC. Um, I head up the comms team at okay. Y Combinator, so. Um, any kind of inbound press we do, what we help the companies launch, we, uh, you know, all the social media, all that stuff kind of runs through me. So you're like me. the CJ in terms of like... Yes, okay, exactly. Got it. That's a huge job. I, it's, it's, um, yes. Because you're it's, kind of like sitting on all the eggs, like in terms of like your job is across like everyone for the entire batch. And then all of the 840 companies that we funded... I kind of keep tabs on how. So if there's like a doing. drama that unfolds, is it your ass that's in the fire? Like in terms of like communicating and making sure all the dispatches are like. That's sort of been what's been, um, you know, if something someone's having a problem, they'll like often come to me and Sam and Jessica, who's the founder of YC. And Sam and is also a founder. Sam is the president oh, of it. YC, and um, and so then I've researched this thoroughly, and if, you know, <laughs> and occasionally, you know. Uh, two of our partners who are lawyers, you know, we'll sit in, we'll we'll talk about, you So know, you, you form, like, Voltron when it's a really big problem. Yes. I mean, and there's rarely, I mean, rarely a bit, you know, a really big problem, but but it's it's always good to have a team to kind of respond to any crises that yeah. may, may arise. Do you get along with everyone? Yes. Is that I, weird? It's, um, that, like, so we don't happened. work okay. together. I mean, so... What we, uh, because we don't have a real office where people go every day, mm-hmm. it's it's just like so delightful when we actually <laughs> do get together. And we're, we're only during batches, which is six months out of the year, we see each other twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and otherwise, it's once a week. Um, and So no wonder you get along. You're, you see each other so exactly. infrequently. Yeah. And everyone's just so crazy smart and... Uh, and our personalities just work really well together. And it, when I started at YC, the founder, Paul Graham, said, you know, YC is kind of run like a um, a really, you know, well-run academic department. And we're all professors. So we kind of all do our own thing. But we, when we, you know, we come together and like working with other interesting, smart people. Is it like a hierarchy, like an academic department in terms of like that person has tenure and that person doesn't or like... No, it's a flat partnership. So there's 15 full-time partners and... Sam's the president, so in the end, you know, I think if there it comes down to making a final decision, right, he's the one. Gavel, gavel. Yes, yeah, totally. he's the one that you know hits the gavel. But um, and uh, obviously, the the founders have been around the longest. Um, Jessica Livingston, you know, Trevor, you know, Trevor Blackwell is still around. Um, he, he was a roboticist, and Jessica. He so they, yeah, Avi. So yeah, a roboticist, and and so they're still around. And um, but it's it's very much a flat partnership and you know, the way decisions get made is, is very much like a democracy. Fascinating. So that sounded insincere and I didn't mean it to, but so basically like what, what is your day to day like? So right now, all of the partners are reading applications right. for the next batch. That's and that's what you've been doing the entire time you've been over at my house. <laughs> yeah. Cause we we're supposed to be reading uh, about 500 to 600 each, which, okay. you know, basically takes up eight hours a day for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, we will be um, do going through interviews. And so, you know, we interview in four or five different rooms with our groups. Um, and then after that, it's just ramping up for the next batch. Um, two of the partners who are lawyers and um, Kirsty Nathu, who's our CFO, um, they start to basically help with all the, like, legal. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Like, how, if you're reading that much, it's like going to a perfume counter where you can't smell anymore. Like, at what point, like, what are you looking for? Or name three things that just automatically will stand out to you where you're like, okay, this is a keeper, like, shortlist. We look for, you know, team. We look really closely at how do they know each other? Have they worked on cool projects before together? Because the number one thing we see killing really promising early stage startups is co-founder breakups. Co-founder drama, yeah. So we are really... 
What's the percentage or like? It's not a, a super high percentage, but, but it's a warning sign. It, it's definitely a warning sign. If if we see people saying like, "Oh, we met two weeks ago and decided we wanted to start a company together," like that's that's to me is a huge red flag. Right. Um, and then so we keep really close a close eye on like, how do you know each other? What is your backstory? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we look at like why you know you're going to be working on this for ten years like minimum. So Jesus. I think the average time to IPO or exit is eight years. So, you know, do we believe that this team is going to, yeah, yeah, that you're going to thug it out? Because that's the, like, the number one thing at the beginning of YC, you know, Jessica and Paul always said, we always thought intelligence was the number one thing we should look out for. But then over the years, they saw that it was determination. It was being able to, like, be a cockroach yeah. and just, like... Share it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and so, like, to suffer through everything. And so we, we look, you know, we try to think about, like, what are these people's background? Why do they want to be building, you know, this photo sharing app? Do we believe that this right. is so what they want? So it has less to do... I mean, that's really interesting that you pick those two, like, qualifiers in terms of, like, what you look for, because neither of them are, like, the actual idea itself. So in terms of, like... What's the third thing that you look for? Are you going to say idea? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then I think that's when, like, the it's the fit of, like, the idea with the team. So it's, you know, when I see... With YC or the team itself? The team actually... itself. So if I see, like, all these, like, astrophysicists working on, a, like, a women's fashion app, I question, like, why? <laughs> like, why are you doing bustle. this? Okay. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, so... Although, let's not accuse them of being astrophysicists. But, yeah, no, sure. So it's, like... Is this, like, rando trying to do this very niche thing is a red flag? Yeah. And so, and, you know, of course there's, you know, there's there's also sometimes when you see a great team, I mean, you're looking for, like, that team and idea fit. So mm-hmm. it's, like, if someone is trying to, you know, we had a team um, that's, like, building an HIV vaccine. And sure. it's like, Yeah. And so you're, like, who doesn't want that? Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. Your, But is this the right team to make that a reality? Totally. It's almost, it's weird because... And maybe this is the wrong parallel or actually just testifying to my own ignorance and whatever, but it's like casting for a reality television show that's going to go into like eight seasons where you're like, can these people like pull this off for this long, et cetera. I mean, would you say that that was at all in the neighborhood of the same thing? Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it sort of is. It's, it's definitely you have to be, you know there's a lot of very technical products that come through and most of our partners have started companies themselves and are very technical. Um, but there's also a huge element to like understanding people and relationships. Right. And, um, I think that is a huge, that's a huge piece of, of building a company. So that's like definitely at least half of it. I mean, obviously you work with geniuses. Um, and I was wondering just in terms of like, you're talking about the human thing, like you're and obviously I have some insight into this because you're my friend, but you are very good and personable with people. Like, would you say that this is like a huge trait that makes you good at your job? Yeah, I think it's... Because um, like some people are like zero zero one one bleep bloop. Like, no offense, but they totally are. Yeah, no, and I think that has made it, you know, I when I, when I started at YC, I started at, as its like first director of outreach. So I went, you know, to a ton of schools to do kind of like our, you know, our events that kind of bring kind of recruiting outreach the events. New blood, yeah. Yeah, and and I think it I'm very comfortable talking to people and I think I'm just generally a curious person. I mm-hmm. I love hearing like what are you building? Like what, you know, tell me why? Yeah. T- why? Like tell me the backstory. And so I think that is a huge piece that helps me be good at my job. Mm-hmm. And is there anything in terms of, like how when you send off your idea to be like NYC or whatever like how do you guys as partners not just like run off with someone's million dollar idea? Cause it's like, it's just like all there. Like you're just inundated with like potentially like as a percentage, probably like good ideas, like 40, like 40% of the time. And then like amazing ideas, like 10% of the time or whatever. Like, I mean, everybody, you know, I think anybody could have a good or amazing idea. It's all in the execution. So it's like, it's really more about the team. Right. So, um, I mean, I could, see, you know, see something that I'm reading application and be like, that's an amazing idea, but could I pull it off? Could I execute that? <laughs> right. Like, Which I think is the thing that sort of happens a lot with people when they're just like, I totally invented Tinder. And you're like, no, you kind of didn't because you didn't. <laughs> when I was like nine or 10 years old, I was like, I invented Amazon. Or no, it was eBay. <laughs> I invented like online auctions. Like I came up with that idea. Right, but right, of course right. I like, you know. You're like, you know, I'm not an engineer or anything. But <laughs> no, which is really, really funny. So you live in San Francisco. I do. 
do people know you work at Weiss? And not to be like, you're a celebrity there, but do you just like get stopped and pitched a lot? I actually, I do. Um, in the mission, especially, there are a lot of YC alum, and they're all, you know, I see them whenever I go out. Um, my husband gets annoyed because we'll be like at brunch, right. and people will be like, Kat, like, here's my friend, meet them, and then I'll get pitched. Um, but what's even funnier to me is that people who are, you know, uh, Uber drivers or like DoorDash, you know, delivery people, we've got, I've gotten pitched by them. Because some people, you know, occasionally, you know, they'll be like making conversation, they'll be like, oh, what do you do? And I was like, oh, we're, I work for Y Combinator. And it goes, it's like, screech. And really? they're like, yeah, they're like, would you like to hear about my video sharing startup? And <laughs> they're like, I have another thing. It's like Flickr. But so what, like, have you ever, ever been pitched a golden idea in that moment? I, you know... I don't know. I mean, sure, maybe, but but then it would never be it would never be a situation where I would be like automatic fund. Like you're you're coming on board. <laughs> right. Ding, you pass green. I mean, more more likely, I, I would say you know I really encourage you to apply to YC so so I can check out your full application and like the partner other partners can read it. Um, and and the so full yeah, application is kind of like a prohibitive step, right? Like it weeds out the lazies in terms of like it's it's hard to write an application, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty straightforward you know, easy application, but exactly, it would weed out, you know, people who were too lazy to do it, who we wouldn't want anyway. <laughs> um, okay, so talk to me about Magic, this new app that everyone's crazy about. So Magic was crazy because it was this team, um, the, you know, one of the founders had created this thing in the past called Made in Space. So he sent 3D printers into space and they print, you know, parts for the International State Space Station. Like, he'd had a history of making interesting things. Sure. Um, but we funded him for a company called Better, and they were making blood pressure monitoring apps. Okay. Which, you know, I mean, they, they're doing Useful. well. They still, you know, <laughs> exist. A lot of people need them, and I think it's important. And um, you can still find, you know, Better in the App Store. But they um, were thinking about, you know, this, it wasn't really taking off like they were hoping. Right. So they were, you know, throwing a couple ideas out there, like other side projects that they were working on. And um, they literally built over, you know, a weekend, they built Magic, which is a service where you text a number and you can text them anything you want. And they make it, as long as it's legal, they make it happen. So it's like wish fulfillment. Yeah. It's like a genie. It's a genie. And, um, and it, you know, it's, it's a genie slash concierge and, or, you know, whatever you want to call it. And, um, within, I guess, you know, they sent this to 10 friends and one of their, you know, they were like, oh, we're just testing this out to see if anyone would use it. And one of their friends posted it to the link to Reddit. Oh, right. And then they posted the link to Hacker News and then overnight, like 20,000 people, 30,000 people, we were just watching the counter and it was insane. Like people just signed up. Um, and, you know, it was so overwhelming at first that, you know, they started um, a wait list. So now there's like a wait list of like 40,000 people. And what kind of stuff were people like wishing for? Um, the, what I used it for was, you know, I had them send a flower crown to my friend for her birthday. Or, you know, people... That's so you. I know, right? <laughs> um, people use it for food. Like there was, you know, someone in New York, I think it was like an ABC executive wanted something from a particular halal cart. And so, and the halal cart wouldn't deliver. So they figured out a way to get like, have an Uber driver just like open the door and like have the halal put in his car and then he delivered it to that's amazing to the exact so it's used for all sorts of things and um you know from I would say oh a lot of people use it when they're on business travel and they need like a particular outfit and they'll say like I need a button up from J Crew this size oh deliver it to me oh that's incredible that's yeah. genius yeah because like yeah that's basically making a subscription service of anything or like yeah that's that's wonderful and is it expensive there is definitely a markup, but it's um, so I personally don't think I'd use it every single day because right. you know uh, you know if you get a coffee delivered to you, it's like twenty dollars. <laughs> so it has to be for me. It has to be for you know a special occasion. Special occasion. Right. So so birthdays or I'm you know going to speak at a conference and I need. How much was your flower flower crown? It was like seventy bucks. That's Which is not so, bad. Yeah, that's not, for a birthday present. That sounds about right. And how do you pay for it? Is it linked to a credit card or? Yeah, they send you a link to like a payment you know, site and just you put in your credit card information and you can, you know, save it in there. So if you use it again, they can just automatically run your card. Right on. Um, so that sounds super exciting. Uh, in terms of like 
you know, Silicon Valley, the excellent Mike Judge HBO show is coming back to uh, for season two in April. Um, how much does that actually mirror what it's like in terms of working with these companies? It's kind of a contentious. So half of the people who I trauma? work with hate it. <gasps> Why? But, is it, and then, is it then the like other half love it and think it's hysterical. Well, you know, I've heard the, oh, they, they emphasize only the, like, the stupid bullshit and none of the, like, good stuff. And I'm like, but it's a comedy. It's like, <laughs> you know, they wouldn't, if it was, like, super earnest, it would, yeah, it would not, not be funny. Um, so I love it. And uh, but in terms it, of, in like, a way, how, like, challenging and hard, well, hard it is, is it, would you say it sort of mirrors that in terms of, like, all the all-nighters and just, like, oh, yeah. the infighting and, like, would you, is it as, like, male as Silicon Valley? I, you know, Silicon Valley is, or I mean, Silicon Valley in general is pretty male right now. And it's like, we, we ran the numbers after our last application and it was, I think 23% of the companies who applied had a, had a woman on the team. Do you feel your gender every day when you go to work? You know, I don't. And, um, I, I'm very conscious, I'm much more conscious of it now than I, you know, in publishing. I, I started out working at Wired. It's, you know, Wired is, was pretty 50-50. And publishing, I think, is probably more female. I don't know. I don't know. actually have the... I mean, the readership, I think, tends to be skew female. But I think that... I mean, it's still the dude-editor thing. And, like, dad that's editors true. is definitely no, that's still true. a thing. But, yeah, I mean, I, I pose this question in, like, the least elegant way possible. But just, like, are there, like, microaggressions? And, like, do you feel, like, a pressure... I, you know, one thing that was very tangible was, was I wore dresses every day before I worked at Y Combinator. And, and then afterwards, I just, you know, I started wearing jeans. Like, and because I was like, uh, I, I want to like fit in here and not, you know, stand out for like any like weird random, you know, reasons. Right. Um, and so. Especially because your partner, you can't just be like the Zooey Deschanel of YC. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So, so there's different, there's things that I, you know, I think probably men never have to think about that are like mm-hmm. as small as that you know what what do you wear on a regular basis what do you wear to a conference what do you mm-hmm. wear to like whatever um to to yeah it's it you know it, it does really like I have to like kind of sit you know kind of I I, I have become more conscious of it certainly mm-hmm. um but I think I'm really lucky because I work with in like a really like supportive and progressive environment like I was so shocked by the by everything in the Ellen Powell trial, and right. I think that was a testament to how like non jaded I am. And then I, I realized also how lucky I am to have always been surrounded by really super supportive and non weird, you know, men, men and women. So talk to me a little bit about um, Ellen Powell in terms of like her relationship with YC, and you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about how I was just someone who is part of the media reading about the story versus someone who kind of like lives in San Francisco and works within the tech community, like what the effects were on you. So Ellen Powell um, was a junior partner at Kleiner Perkins. And then following that, she worked at Reddit and is now the uh, interim CEO at Reddit. And Reddit is a YC backed YC funded company. Um, and then our YC's president, Sam Altman, is on the board of Reddit because he's an investor. Mm-hmm. And so technically, Ellen, you know, Ellen um, works really closely with both. She's like Sam YC and, adjacent. Yes. Right. Okay. YC adjacent. Um, and so for me, watching the Ellen Paltrow, I, w- I was so shocked by all, every single... You were, single, like, scandalized. I was by, scandalized. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I was shocked by how much people make at Kleiner Perkins. I was shocked by people having all-male ski trips. Um, you know, e- every piece of it, I was shocked by, you know, how... Uh, what about how deep they went into her personal life? I mean, yeah. I mean, that was all... It was all very, you know, I guess it, it was shocking. Like, nobody, I think came out of that looking clean and good, right? right? And mm-hmm. it was it was really complicated and um but I think I think it was a really important trial and I'm really, you know, thankful to her actually for for kind of becoming the face mm-hmm. um of the issues that women kind of come up against in Silicon Valley. And I think she brought to light, even though, you know, she lost, she brought to light a lot of of what it's like and a lot of the problems. Like what did you feel in terms of like that moment? You know, I I, the entire time it was, I, I didn't know which way it was going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I, I was a little bit surprised and, you know, and, you know, disappointed, 
But I also thought like, you know, and as she said herself, like it was... The whole point was to, yeah. Yeah, the whole point was shed light on this issue. And I think she did that. And I think that was a success. Mm -hmm. In terms of like the people, you know, we started talking about Ellen Powell um, as it relates to the fact that like you work with like nice dudes. So, you know, did you guys talk about it at all? And like at work or was it like a water cooler topic or was it just like... I think the time it came up that meant the most to me was talking to the women who are fundraising. So the women who, the founders in this batch who just went through YC and now they're they're, they're meeting with investors mm-hmm. because they were really nervous. One founder was saying like prior to the Ellen Powell trial, she had investors who, you know, would hug her when they saw her and she's a, she's a big hugger. And she said that since then people have kind of been really yeah much more um what's the word just like formal Formal, or cordial and and she said you know how it it kind of changed our relationship a little bit so she had to be the one to bring it up and Mm -hmm. say like hey like are we hugging yeah the you know she and you know are we hugging this is cool we're still right and um and it's it's been a hard kind of thing to talk about Mm -hmm. um and then I, I just think I hear so many stories. The vast majority of people I I have ever worked with or even encountered have been like incredibly like, you know, supportive, nice people. But then you hear stories like, you know, um, a, another woman that I've worked with said that when she was fundraising, she, you know, essentially they told her she was too old or too overweight for this. And I was like, who says what that? Was, what was she actually fundraising for? Oh, she was fundraising. She She's like part of a, like a medical device company. Jesus. And and so this shocked me all. Um, but I think it was kind of a catalyst for people to tell these stories. Right. So this trial for me was, um, you know, people started to share their experiences more. And, and I have personally never encountered this, but I know it's a big problem. And I think it's it's shed a lot of light on it for me. And so, so it's kind of, now it's like, what do we do to... Keep that going. Keep it going, yeah. Well, on that note, it's kind of disheartening. Um, we were talking about the Real Housewives-style reality show um, called The Girlfriends of Silicon Valley, and the casting sort of information came out today. And it's just, it's a bummer, as these things often tend to be. And basically the call-out is like, are you a confident, glamorous, and outgoing woman who's dating or married to someone working in the tech industry? Do you have a fabulous lifestyle, a great group of friends, and live life to the full? So, like... They're basically trying to posit, um, you know, it's their thoughts, basically. It's like, you know, the it's like the real housewives or like footballers' wives and like all this stuff. And is it a bummer to sort of see stuff like that? And because it's like, this will be the lens to which like certain people in America will be like learning about. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it fucking horrifies me. Yeah. Like literally every part of that entire casting call. Because like, it's like also be a total terrible. snitch and talk about your like husband and boyfriend in, in these terms. Like it's I, I mean, there's already there's so there, you know, there are so many women in Silicon Valley who are building incredible things from, you know, um, email apps to medical devices to, you know, Do you guys want to just start a secret society. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to put it on blast. It already exists. But like. I mean, that sort of thing needs to needs to happen, right? Like, we yeah, do, just a coven of, we like, host, dope women. Um, the Female Founders Conference. So okay. Jessica Livingston and I uh, started that last year. And we had our second this year. And we, How was it? It was awesome. We had 750 to 800 people come through. And they were all either early-stage founders or interested in starting a startup. Mm-hmm. Um, and I we just met so many... Uh, women who were doing awesome things. So it's like, why focus on bullshit? So th- there was a little bit of criticism in terms of like, it felt weird. Like, I, I don't remember who said this, but that they went and it felt weird that it was just women. And that, that somehow felt like a whole, like not an affect, but like that it was like too deliberate. Like, what do you say to that? I think honestly, I, you know, it was an experiment. We were like, okay, so we want to save every possible seat in this theater for a potential female founder. So that's originally why we made it, mm-hmm. um, you know, all women. And then we thought, you know, um, it was such, last year it was such an incredible experience and we realized none of us had ever like really been in a room with of only just all women. women. No, totally. And like, so like different kinds of stories came out and um, of course like everything on stage, it wasn't like off the record, you can watch the videos, but but um, everything, like people's 
experience like in the audience interacting with each other, it, it just felt different. And I, I don't exactly know how to describe how, what, what that was like, but we were like, we need to keep this going because obviously this, there's a need for this. Right. How, how was the race breakdown? Um, there were, oh gosh, I don't even know. I mean, it was probably like the majority were, you know, Caucasian and Asian. Um, but we, we have been doing some like, you know, serious outreach to get more women of color, like black and and Latina, like represented. And, um, one of our partners, Michael Seibel has been like really, um, interested in, you know, kind of getting more black in because he's a black founder himself, like getting more black. I was going to say, it'd be really weird if he was white. Yeah. I'm Polish. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, he thinks it's, we, we all think it's really important and he's been, you know, seriously focusing on it as, you know, so to switch gears a little bit, um, we talked about how, like, my whole thing is when I'm really, I'm powered by rage and you're powered by anxiety. Yes. In terms of, like, how we problem solve and this, that, and the other. Is that a good thing for your job or is it bad? Because, like, you know, you're responsible for hundreds and hundreds of companies to a certain extent. And, like, when you close your eyes at night, do you just see the companies as, like, spawn and you're just, like, freaked out? Like, how is that? Yeah, it's I. Um, this bat was the first batch where I started to dream about the founders. Jesus, like how in like oh, what capacity? It was. I mean, and it's nothing like nothing problematic. But I, um, I saw one founder, Anissa, and um, I was like, "Hey, Anissa!" In my dream, and she was like, "My name is Sarah. You've been calling me the wrong name for three months." <laughs> That's such a textbook anxiety. I, dream. <laughs> I was just like. And then oh, I woke up and I didn't, re- I couldn't remember whether it was dream or not. But it was unsettling, yeah. And, it was, and so I like had to think about it for a second. And um, yeah, and, and then when I saw her, I told her and she was like, I'm in your dreams. I, I have incepted you. That's And incredible. I was like, that, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Because how, how can you not like take some of this home with you? I mean, th- these people, it's like their dreams that you're responsible for, like in terms of their aspirations. And I think and- all of us really, it's... It's sort of, in a way, like a lifestyle. Like we, we really like. I mean, I think all of the other partners. I can speak for them and say, like, we really care about what happens to you and your company. And, and so, yeah, I take it home with me. I like wake up in the middle of the night and I think of things <laughs> that I have like, to do. Yeah. And then I like make notes to myself and try to go back to sleep. But it's it's um it definitely is. You know, the founders of YC were we're a married couple. Um, Paul and Jessica, and and you know, she said, oh, we, you know, until he retired last year, we like literally talked about YC constantly. That was like Jeez. nine years of their life. What would you say to people who would say, because that YC is a cult? Because like they're married founders, like we think about it all the time. Like, you know, just the fact that it's like this pyramid, like. I mean, it's, I, I would say you can, you can say that, but then also I think the, one of the biggest assets of YC is its community. We've funded over 2,000 people. And what I was really most surprised by when I started working at YC was, you know, you you know everyone's going to be smart. You're like, whatever, that goes without saying. Mm-hmm. But everyone is so helpful. So everyone is connected through this, you know, big Uber Google group, right. um, every founder. And so you can ask questions. Like if you need an intro to someone or you have questions about SEO or whatever, you can ask the, you know, hive mind, the YC hive mind, and someone like comes out of you know the cloud and helps you immediately it's like the alumni are so good at kind of supporting each other and helping each other at this point like to me and so if that to me is like it's like cerebro and x-men in terms of like (laughs) that's that's wild yeah and it's and at this point is there like a subgroup just for women there is oh rad yes there's a subgroup (laughs) almost for, for every category so like hardware okay um but yeah the um we have a female founders at yc group that we meet for like you know, we'll, we'll go to dinner or have like cocktails and stuff and just... Do you guys ever just like mentor like college kids and high school kids and stuff? Like, or do you have, are you just like lousy with people that you're responsible for already? <laughs> Only because I feel like that would be such an incredible asset if you were like in high school and trying to figure out what you wanted to do. We do spend a lot of time um, at colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, high school, you know, last year Sam was doing, going to a lot of like the high school hackathons and mm-hmm. like they're... Um, are so many incredible, like I've met 16 year olds that are like building really incredible and weird things. And, you know, people who've dropped out of high school, um, to start their own company or nonprofit who are like 15 years old. Um, but we, we spend, you know, the vast majority of our time helping the massive people that we are, 
responsible for, but we do spend a, um, a good amount of time doing like external office hours and working with, you know, potential, you know, future founders. And what is like the most emo thing that's happened to you that like, like you cried because you were so moved by it? Oh, that I was so moved? Emo. Just like, was there ever like a story for like a backstory for like a company or like something like someone actually got really far and it was like all that they've ever wanted and it was just like one of my favorite stories of all time is um this founder of a nonprofit called Nora Health um her name is Katie Ash and she comes from like she comes from a re- really rural part of America and she grew up without any running water or electricity. Jesus. And she like worked her way, you know, she went to st- ended up going to Stanford and building a co- you know this nonprofit. Um but she's just it's just amazing. Like people, you know, are coming from and I I have a, a huge soft spot in my heart for all the I'm I'm from the Philippines. Like I was born there. A huge soft spot for all the international founders. Sure. Cuz um, you know, they they come here and they don't really have a ton of context and they're building these, you know, incredible things. And so um, they just have all really great stories. And mm-hmm. um, we had four or five companies from Latin America in the last batch and they they had this little like cabal of and where they don't all just speak Spanish and, you know, run around together. Um, and it's just really fun to see. It feels like the UN a little right. bit these days because there's people from literally all over the world. Is this your dream job or at least dream job adjacent? I, it's definitely, I did not know what I wanted to do at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew, you know, I've always been interested in like being where the future is being built. So casual. It's, <laughs> so it's sort of like a weird, I, I never knew. I was sort of like, I, um, I kind of just, it's like the hot and cold game. So, you're, so, you know, I got, I worked at Google for a little bit right out of college. And then I was like, well, I'll, I'll stay in the Bay Area. You know, I was thinking of going to L.A., um, and then I was like, I'll stay in the Bay Area if I can get a job at Wired Magazine. And right. I got that. And it just felt right because it was like I, it was the com- like perfect mix of kind of technology in the future and pop this? culture. It was 2007 is okay. when I was interviewing and 2008 is when I started. Um, and then it was really great, incredibly great for a year. And then the like economic downturn right. that I was came there. and like half of Wired got laid off and I had like PTSD. It's like every two months you, your friends are being laid off. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I was like, I have to get the fuck out of publishing. Right. Because I just felt like it gave me so much anxiety. Well, you were just watching the room fill with water. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and so one of the best things I got to do at Wired was work with startups and, and so I, I kind of thought, you know, maybe the next thing I should work a startup. Um, and I, because Condé Nast owns both Reddit and Wired, I got to know the Reddit founders really well. So, you know, Alexis Ohanian was like, oh, you're looking Is for a Ohanian? job. Is it Ohanian? I've been calling him Ohanian this entire time. He, it's like Ohanian. <laughs> Is it, however you pronounce Armenian. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. But fair. I think he usually says Ohanian. Okay. Um, that's the American pronunciation. Um, you know, he was introducing me to a lot of founders. I was, I starting to interview with a bunch of startups. And then at a certain point he was like, wait, you know, know. lightning. He was like, I'm angel investing in companies. I have a nonprofit. I'm doing a lot of political work. Cause at the time it was, you know, the SOPA PIPA campaigns. Yeah. He was like running for like, yeah, yeah, he was running for mayor of the internet. Um, and so, uh, he was like, why don't you just join me and like, help me run everything. And I was like, yes sign me up because you know it's basically an opportunity to work with a friend yeah on totally whatever you want to do like interesting things um how was working with a friend it was it was fun and uh it was it was just for the most part alexis and i so it was a little bit you know got a little lonely because like at times because we were, we well, were it's both like that cult traveling. of two thing right right and so it was it was also um you know it's it was just a lot you know, we were doing so many different things that it never, I mean, that can never get boring. Right. I mean, because at the time it was like the podcast, the TV show, the, like every, like what else, the book tour. The book tour. Yeah. yeah. And so, so So was, you were basically just like managing all of the verbs and nouns that he was responsible for at the time, right? Yeah, okay. exactly. And so, um, they, so it was, you know, or he'd send me as like his proxy to right. things, which <laughs> They're like, Alexis, you're like, sure. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, so it was, it was a good time. And I met so many founders and I, you know, that's how I kind of got introduced to the YC 
people. community, the YC family. And how did they, like, how did you get hired? Because, I mean, you, like, people would murder people for your job, right? At YC? Yeah. Yeah, and so I moved and ended up moving, so I have a huge interest in kind of the intersection of, like, culture and artists and technology. And so Samsung, I had a friend at Samsung who basically, like, sold me on this job that was, like, the iTunes for Android, but they were going to pay artists directly. What and was it, was it called? Be, um, it was uh, Samsung Hub. Oh, yeah. And, and, uh, and so I was, you know... I've, like, scrubbed that year from, your, from I like, my memory. I have also <laughs> scrubbed it from my memory. Um, and, and, you know, he it, they had such a big vision, but when I got there, they really weren't doing anything. Mm-hmm. And so I was sitting around, you know, it, I was six months in, and we, you know, nothing had been accomplished, and it was really, like, bureaucratic. Um, and so... That is, like, not a place that's conducive to happiness for you because you're like big into like doing things all the time yes and like moving quickly and I just was like I don't know how anyone like no I went essentially I went crazy and so um but I was gonna stick it out for about a a year and and see where it went but um then I got a call from Alexis and he said you know Paul and Jessica at YC are looking for a director of outreach and it's you exactly and you need to talk to them like today. Right. So I talked to them, um, that week and, you know, got offered the job almost immediately and started like I was out. And you, now you make way, way more than you did in publishing, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so if you're considering publishing. Right, right, right. The moral, moral of the story. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in terms of what did you major in in college and where did you even go to college? I went to Northwestern University and I studied at first, I went to Medill. Okay. So I studied journalism for, you know, maybe two years. LOL. Yeah, LOL. <laughs> and then um, there was a moment where we were at the Tribune building and a girl next to me was weeping because she was like, this is the church of journalism. And, and she just ha- was having this religious experience. And I was like, Whoa. I do not feel passionate enough about this. I'm out. Do you think uh, she's still alive? <laughs> do you I, think she's I still, I still has a job? I do wonder if she's still a journalist. Right, I don't right, know, right. actually. I should check. Yeah, um, totally. And one of my best friends and I were uh, both in Medill and, you know, we both quit Medill at the same time and went to the School of Communications and now he is working for the President of the United States. So it's like neither of us did like terribly in that Yeah, I think co- we're kind of crushing it. Yeah, yeah totally. So, um, so the two of us, we went to uh, the School of Communications and Com Studies, which is like kind of blanket communications and he studied like more of the political communication side and I I did like more of the film and media but I also weirdly had this side job working um with the internet and society group at Northwestern Jeez, yeah where we did research on uh web use and teens (laughs) (laughs) were they even called millennials then no no millennials didn't exist yet wow like twitter didn't exist yet sweet time So basically the reason why I'm doing this podcast is I think that there is just not enough transparency in terms of what people's jobs actually like are and like how they got them. And with the skyrocketing costs of college and just like this, the debt situation for these poor kids who are just completely just hobbled by the time that they're out of school, would you say that college was a necessary step for you in, in getting the job that you do have right now? I'd say for me, absolutely. I think, yeah. College. Is it still the same that like even in tech where people think it's like the wild west or they're like prospecting for gold that a college education is still important and looked at? I think it's important and I, I think, you know, when people always ask me whether they should drop out of college or not, I always say... Jesus, people ask you that? They're just like, steer my life for me? Yeah, I'm, or they'll say like, oh, do you, do you recommend that people just drop out of college? Jeez. And I say no. Right. Because I think... Uh, you should be at college and like learn for learning's sake and you should work on interesting projects that like you are particularly interested or passionate about because you'll never have that time again. Mm -hmm. And then you'll never meet people who are as smart, um, you know, and all in one little place around you. And so a lot of times some of the most successful companies are founders who then, you know, hire everyone that they knew from college. Right. So it's, you know... I think, like, you can I guess, like, not going to college is almost like being homeschooled. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so I I loved college, and I think it still has a lot of benefit. And so I always tell people to, unless a startup, unless you're, like, Mark Zuckerberg, and and the startup, like, pulls you out, you should just Have you met Mark Zuckerberg? He does uh, come to YC, and he does does dinners. Or, like, he speaks at our dinners. Right on. So, casually, I have met him. All right. Cool. Um... Is San Francisco gross to live in right now? 
It is, the rent is gross. How, what is the rent situation right now? Um, I pay 2,600 a month and for is, like 700-ish square feet. And this is egregiously low for the fact that you live in the mission. Oh yeah, I mean it's, we got really lucky, but to, to I, we, I left San Francisco for just two years and I had an, a huge apartment in Knob Hill. Um, and I was paying at the time, I thought it was super expensive. My roommate and I were paying um, 1950 total. Mm -hmm. And then two years later, that apartment was back on the market for like 2950. It was $1,000 more a month. Jesus. And, so, and that was even like, when you were looking at Knob Hill, that was like a while ago. So that apartment that probably like, now yeah. is like 35. Definitely, yeah. if not more. Well, do you feel any of like the tension in terms of like, um, you know, people who have been living in San Francisco a long time and like the whole like, people bussing in and out and like all of that sort of strife that we hear about so frequently. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people in the past year have started to pay more attention and a lot of people in the tech community are kind of thinking through like, what what can we be doing better? So I, I, there's, um, you know, a lot of groups around housing that are popping up about, you know, how do we fix the housing problem? Like, how do we get more affordable housing? Um, but yeah, there's definitely a tension there. Um, and I don't know how you know, that's going to manifest itself. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't know if there's going to be a purge or an uprising or what. So um, is there anything you would like to talk about specifically in terms of this podcast? And Oh, one this? thing, if this is, if, you know, people are listening to this and they're like in their early 20s and trying mm -hmm. to figure out, because I read people's bios like constantly sure. before I, you know, landed here because I didn't, I just wanted to know how people got to where they were. Um, one thing that I would consider is equity. So like I, for example, in my job now, I earn like a normal person salary, but I have equity. And if you join an early stage startup, um, say you join magic, mm -hmm. you know, they have the potential to become this billion dollar business and, and you could be, you know, part of that. And I think starting, uh, working at an early stage startup is so exciting because you, can you actually feel like the work you're doing is making a huge impact right. on, on the company's future. And for your future investment in yourself. Yes. Yeah. And you're just learning more because mm -hmm. there's, you know, it's sort of everyone is running around doing everything. So you just have your hands in a lot of different pots. But then you have equity. So then there's a possibility that you could just, you know, make millions right. later on and, and, you know, kind of... Right and you have to be just sort of like unapologetic about demanding that for yourself. Yeah, definitely. And how did you do that at your job? I mean, that, you know, mine was sort of a, a different thing because it was, I started um, working as director of outreach and then got promoted. And mm -hmm. with... And did you get equity when you became a partner? Yes. Okay. And it. so with, with that promotion came equity with, you know, be all the partners at YC have equity and, you know, as do the part-time partners and... Um, but I think, you know, if you're starting at an early stage startup, there's there's a lot of, you know, reading you can do about what is a, you know, reasonable amount of equity to ask for and what... If I was to just ask you to unilaterally and irresponsibly declare a number that is a reasonable number, like what... It really depends because if you're, say you're uh, employed, we always say like to the founders that they should be giving like 10% of the company to early employees. Like 10% of the company should be going to Right, not just like each employee gets 10%. No, 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 <laughs> 10%, that's crazy. Right, but right. Um, uh, but we, we do believe that you should be generous with your equity uh, for your like first employees. And so, I mean, it really depends. Um, you know, it can be anything from you know, for say you're an engineer, like you know, you're the first engineer. It could be like up up to a you know couple points of equity, and um, but it it depends. And I think there's a lot of writing about it mm -hmm. online that p other people can source. Yes, yes. Um, two questions, and then we're and then you're free. But what were you like as a kid? Like in terms of like, what ingredients do you possess that were like very innate in you that make you sort of like into this job and good at it? Um, I was, I always had like a business, like a side hustle. Really? <laughs> That's so ethnic. I really it admire really, this. <laughs> I'm a very, I'm, it's very ethnic. Um, and, uh, I had like, I had like a company where I sold doll clothes. What was it called? I had, I, I don't even remember. I think I was you like seven or eight mom. years yeah. old. And, um, you know, I, was it scalable? What are we talking here? Like, 
I was personally, or I was also making my mom make them too. So I was outsourcing a <laughs> nice. little bit. Um, so yeah, sure. I'm sure it would have been scalable. Um, I definitely was like selling pogs at one point when that was a thing. Right. Um, and I, I was also always, uh, I was, I was a director. Like I would direct it. I was like, would write and direct people in a lot of plays and cast. So I don't know like how that can, you know. And so I, I was always like doing, executing things. Right. So that's awesome. Do you ever want to get back into like acting and directing and like casting and all that stuff? Yeah. I mean, I, it, I like definitely love what I'm doing right now, but I would never say never. Like mm-hmm. I l- still love, and, um, the number one thing I miss, um, you know, cause I worked as an exec producer for a sketch comedy group in college. And, you know, I think that was just one of the most fun things I've ever done is, um, I miss, and at Wired, you know, you're working with a lot of writers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I miss kind of that creative community. Um, and you get, you know, a different kind of creativity at YC because people have to be really creative problem people solvers. People legit have to make something. They're, they to... they're on the hook for making something, yeah. Yeah, and so you get a lot of that, but you don't get, like, the writers and the actors, and so I get a lot less of that. So I think that would be cool to kind of, you know, in perhaps 1.5 next lives mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, um, so my final question is, you don't have a STEM background, right? I don't. I do know how to code, but minimally. Do, would you encourage people who don't have STEM backgrounds, who are women, um, to pursue careers in tech? I, I would definitely, yes. It's like, I think it's, you know, right now, San Francisco and, and tech in general is where sort of the future is being created. And, and I think it's, it's really important for all types of people to be part of that. Um, whether it's, you know, women, people of color, I think, I think tech needs way more perspectives and 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 there are lots of jobs and um but I would also say if you have the ability to learn to code at least even minimally I would recommend it because for example one of our you know YC's companies that's doing the best um Zenefits um is one of the fastest growing YC companies and the founder like taught himself enough to just build like a really really basic site and then he was able later on to bring on more technical talent to flesh it out but like it's not hard to get the basics down um and it's really impressive um to people to you know employers to investors if you can kind of make the future of you know happen yourself right so i would say because it's like yeah i mean it's it's like being like rudimentary in a language enough that you can like communicate with the people who be like, oh my God, I get why this is brilliant. Yeah, okay. exactly. And so I, I would say like, if you have, you know, that luxury, I mean, cause it is a luxury to like mm-hmm. learn a new language, to For learn sure. to code. Um, I would say absolutely do it. Um, but I would also say it's, it's, still a really interesting place for any type of person who has any type of background. I lied. This is actually my final question. Do you want to go to space? I, uh, it's funny because Danny, my husband is like, that's his, one of his goals in life. And it's never been mine. Um, you are probably more likely to be offered a (laughs) ticket to space, (laughs) you know, but these days I actually, I would love to go to space. I would totally do it. Okay. Not like long term. No, 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 no. I would, just to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would go I'm not hang like... out for you know whatever a couple hours and then go back. I know. Can you imagine? It's like so the next batch is in space, <laughs> and you're responsible for comms in space. I think we kind of we joked about that at one point. We're like, oh, we'll just have a colony. Well, in, right. In space. I love that you're joking about it because it sounds so viable and potentially the only solution. I mean, we did have um, an aerospace company in the last batch who's making rockets, so. Not out of the realm of possibility. I feel like that you guys are just like quietly just like arming yourself for the future. You're like, my Rolodex is future proof. Okay, so thank you so much for talking. Yeah, this with was fun. Us and that's it. Hopefully we'll have a jingle and it will go right now. Okay, bye.